Welcome back to the Girls Gang podcast, and we are in June, a month where, love them or loathe them, we are talking about horror remakes. Yes, and joining me to discuss today's films is none other than senior contributor and social media manager at Girls. She is the creator of the fabulous little red horror blog and queen of lists, and I won't have anything said against it. Welcome, Kim Morrison. How are you keeping, Kim? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk about remakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I first said that I was doing this podcast, you were like the first person within seconds <laughs> to be like, put me down. Um, so I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun discussion. Um, <laughs> so thank you for being here. Um, so our relationships with remakes, and I want to touch on that first. Um, so we've got those really like I guess there's a solid sort of famous examples of like the fly and the thing which of course like they're really terrific but I guess I'm mostly someone who approaches remakes with caution um <laughs> the old, especially the older I get the more I feel like the films that are being remade now are the ones that were like really special to me and I've got such a nostalgia for them and maybe a little bit of bias shall we say but um I actually find myself more interested in, I was saying this to somebody a few weeks ago, like the discourse around remakes than the films themselves, mm-hmm. um, just the conversations. And I think like, especially like the 2000s was a big boom period, wasn't it? And I think now we're like 20 plus years later, it's nice to be able to look back at that with some perspective now and like contextualize it in terms of world events and where we are now and stuff. So I find that interesting. Um. I guess what I don't like about a remake is when it's sort of just shot for shot. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's clear that it's just yeah. a money-making exercise, <laughs> I'm, I'm not interested in that. It's like, if you can shake things up mm-hmm. and give me something different, then I'm here for it. But what's your relationship like with, with remakes, though? I think um, I'm sort of the same. I think I'm, I've am i always got a little bit of scepticism, but maybe just because of recently where they remade things like Pet Cemetery, which is one of my favourites ever. And I felt like I was, I was I'm not going to be too mean about it because I do feel like <laughs> I was impressed that they, they went with a different angle and they brought different stuff in, but I just didn't feel personally that it worked in reflection back to the book, which is like one of my favourite books ever. So that's probably unfair. But I think I'm always kind of excited about remakes in general because... Um, it's always like another chance, I guess, to like go and see a film at the cinema or like add a little bit more to that like, world or whatever. If it's a, especially if it's like a film that doesn't have like a huge kind of series behind it, if there's maybe only one or two, I think it's quite nice to like get another chance to to go there and, and see it and see what it turns out. It might not always be good, but yeah, like you said, the whole like boom of the sort of early two thousands horror remakes. I think. Um, there was a lot of films there that I went and saw in the cinema without really realizing they were remakes. Like, I thought I was like a massive horror geek as a teenager, <laughs> but not having access to like the, inter- the internet in my house for years, and then like no streaming and only really getting to watch stuff that was like on TV or in the cinema. Like things like 
when the Black Christmas remake came out, like the 2006 one, is it? Or maybe mm-hmm. earlier. Okay, that one in the middle. I didn't realize there was like an original film. I'd never I'd never seen it at that time. And then I remember my dad being like, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> and then telling me about the original film. So I do think they're good for like, or they were good for me anyway, for opening my eyes to older films or like foreign language films as well, like The Ring and The Grudge and things. I'd never had the chance to see the originals before the remakes came out. And it's sort of like, I watched the remake and then was like, oh, well, chances are the original's even better. So that's like something else to add to the watch list so they might not always be great but I do think that they're a great way of like kind of expanding the horror world and maybe yeah giving you a bit more like more options I guess of things to watch if you know that you liked it or if you liked even like the idea of it like I wasn't the biggest fan of that middle Black Christmas but it did encourage me to watch the original one and that's one of my favorite slasher films now so I think it's it's good in that way (laughs) yeah I'm definitely that person who's always saying when I whenever I speak to Tim Coleman I'm moving pictures of we've done like Scream and the new Texas Chainsaw I'm always that person who's going but you know it will bring people back to the original so (laughs) (laughs) and it does it it did for me anyway (laughs) and yeah no that's a really good point you make about like bringing you to like those international films as well like I'd not Mm -hmm. considered that but yeah it's I guess for a lot of people their first entry into those films maybe like the American take so yeah that's really interesting I I was going to ask you about that sort of 2000s boom where well we say boom but when you actually look at it there's not actually that many I think it's just the discourse around it is so mm. strong it just Be- felt like a lot <laughs> it felt, it felt yeah. a, well it, emotionally it was a lot you know <laughs> if whatever Texas Chainsaw gets touched it's always emotional for mm-hmm. me um but yeah I'd, I'd reviewed a, a book by Laura May that looked at the, um, the contemporary American horror remake where she explores it in detail like specifically American remakes and I was really surprised that the like the Platinum Dunes had like just the lack of remakes. There was really only a handful, but it did feel like such a lot. Um, I wanted to ask those sort of Texas Chainsaw, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Streets, as a fellow fellow slasher fan, because I know we both love our slashers. Sorry, Zoe, not sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you think of these remakes? Because none of those are on our list. Mm-hmm in this pod so what do you think of those um i'm i'm actually a huge fan of the texas chainsaw remake and that might be um i i think i wasn't 18 when i went to see that in the cinema i wore really tall shoes and i like (laughs) snuck i think i must have been like 17 i was close um so it was like one of my big first like i mean it was my first texas chainsaw massacre film in the cinema but it was like one of my first like big slasher films in the cinema so it was such a like an amazing experience and i do um prefer the original but I do like a lot of the stuff that they did in that remake and I think even the the Friday the 13th one's kind of the the same it's quite um interesting how they sort of like smooshed a couple of films together um Mm -hmm. and sort of did it a bit differently that they didn't go down the the Mrs Voorhees angle they went straight for the Jason stuff without it feeling like a kind of weird I guess they kind of just yeah took bits from the first three films I think and kind of mushed them all together even the, the Nightmare on Elm Street one which isn't great at all but I did appreciate a lot of the stuff that they tried to do with it like they tried to make Freddy I say darker he is very dark in the first film but sort of <laughs> as he goes on through the series he gets a bit more comedic but they did try and make it a bit darker and sort of look at it a bit differently I just think some of the stuff they did with um Nancy and things didn't work very well but I always like appreciate I say always, unless you're Rob, <laughs> Zom- unless you're Rob Zombie's Halloween, I always appreciate 
people try to do stuff different with the story and it's always quite interesting to just like um yeah see what they how they took something so classic and tried to kind of like turn it into something a bit different and sometimes it works very well I think the Texas Chainsaw has a very different depiction of Leatherface but I do think it's still a really good one but yeah the like the Nightmare on Elm Street one's very uh, <laughs> weird and not as good as the original but it does I think they always kind of have interesting things it's nice to see how people sort of take on something as classic as those um those stories and sort of give them something a bit a bit different I think even if it doesn't always work <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think it's like a bit of it I'm learning is about the audience it's intended for as well and mm-hmm. as I'm getting older I'm realizing that that's not me in most cases uh, anymore so <laughs> yeah it's like that with the 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 newest Black Christmas the 2019 one um, I'll never tire of speaking about this film but like the whole intended audience for that was really like younger like teenage and girls to sort of give them that introduction to horror but also tackling topics that they have to deal with in like everyday life and a lot of like horror bros got a bit annoyed that it wasn't like the original but it's like well it's not meant for you it's meant for them it's going to have a very different sort of message and the first Black Christmas is very feminist it's all mm-hmm. about abortion and like women fighting police who won't listen to them and things like it it does it does tie in so <laughs> it's just in a different a different way so yeah 100 percent. not everything is intended for <laughs> me or you or whatever it's nice but it's nice to see people try and um, different things yeah so we are gonna do something a bit different with this podcast normally we talk about a film or we might pair two together but I mean, the realm of remakes is just so juicy that I thought, let's do three recommendations each. So, Kim, what is your first recommendation? My first recommendation is 13 Ghosts from 2001, which was one of the the many William Castle remakes that they started doing and then just kind of <laughs> tapered off after a few. Um, <laughs> but... um. Yeah, do you want me to just to describe it a little bit? So um, if you've sure. not seen The Wonderful 13 Ghosts, it's about a family who's, um, they have experienced a house fire and the mum of the family dies and then they inherit this magnificent, magical clockwork glass house from a deceased uncle that turns out it is full of ghosts um, that he was trying to use to power a machine to like I'm not entirely sure what he was trying to do it was just it seemed to be like just give him a load of power and control it's not important to the no, plot no no <laughs> it was just it was gonna do good things for him um yeah so they move in and all the the walls move and the ghosts are like locked behind the special glass but ever so often a door opens and the glass moves away and the ghosts get released one by one and cause havoc basically <laughs> as you're describing this i'm really thinking of like gomero del toro it feels like he would he would come up with a good adaptation mm. of this that's true it's already like yeah cogs and steampunky looking and I th- yeah i think he would be a good a good one for this actually <laughs> so i've not seen this one um what, what are your thoughts mm. on how it compares to the original if you've seen the original that is I have, I have seen the original actually so the original is sort of the same plot it's like a family and head at a house from an uncle they move in it's full of ghosts but the ghosts aren't really murderous or anything they're just kind of hanging about there's they're very strange ghosts it's like a 
a ringmaster and his like ghost lion and things just like wandering around and there's a I think it's like a lawyer is trying to steal the fortune that's hidden in the house and the ghosts basically um attack him and save the family so the ghosts are actually quite good in that one whereas the ghosts in 13 ghosts the the new one are like um they're all they all represent signs of the black zodiac apparently that's why he's collected them all so they're all they all died in like really horrible violent circumstances or they were really horrible serial killers themselves so when they're ghosts they're not much nice oh. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to like actively um kill people and and chase them around and not that many people die in the film because there's not that many people trapped in the house but the two or three deaths that there are really gruesome uh and a okay. really good like <laughs> doesn't really... hold back on the go then no, no they do they, they use it really well for the people that they kill and the ghost designs are amazing if you have the dvd there's like a little special feature that sort of gives you a little backstory to all the ghosts and like how they died um, and people keep saying it would make a great like netflix like limited series like an episode per ghost which i personally think would be amazing <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think this one's just, uh, I always say this film, and probably ties into the Del Toro stuff actually, it's just visually like beautiful, it's so good to look at, like every single ghost design um, is just amazing, you can tell that they put so much effort into making each one of them really different, the fact that the house, um, I think there's only one bit of like questionable CGI in the house where there's this big like center of the machine that's whirling around really fast at the end that's the only bit everything else is is like big sliding glass walls and the house slowly gets like more and more like cut off from the outside and things it's just like really gorgeous to look at which you might not expect from like a 2001 no uh, it's not expecting you to <laughs> really. say that yeah, it's really. So it's beautiful. all in camera effects for the most part. I mean, it looks it looks like it anyway. Wow. Like all the all the there's like um, the ghosts kind of they have these special glasses that you need to wear to see the ghosts. So the ghosts flicker out and out in and out of people's vision. I guess that's probably an actual effect. But everything else looks real. It looks like they built this beautiful like huge set with all these big like yeah sliding um glass doors and glass panels and things and this big one bit has like this big floor that's got all these different circles that like move in different ways and there's a a brilliant bit near the end where all the ghosts are like in a circle like all like kind of they're not holding hands but they have like their arms outstretched it's just gorgeous it's so nice it's such such a beautiful film to to look at um i think they did a really good job of taking kind of the core of the story of the original and making it like scarier and gorier and more beautiful basically <laughs> <laughs> and do you know like was it well received was it does it do well at the box office or i'm not actually sure i mean i never see people saying bad things about it and in, in like in my corner of the horror internet so it seems like it but it might be one of those ones that didn't do like great at the time and it's kind of i mean i've always loved it i wouldn't have went to see it in the cinema because i would have been too young but i uh, entirely sure i bought it like the minute it kind of came out it's been one of those films that i've been watching for well when did it come out 2001 so like 20, 20 odd years apparently it's just um yeah it's 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 really good and i i'd again i'd seen that loads before i'd seen the original i went back and watched it to kind of compare it um and it was quite good but i was quite surprised at how much they kind of elaborated on the story i guess and the kind of um the fact making the ghosts scary and just really amazingly designed and um kind of making them their own thing whereas i think they kind of just fall into this oh there's a group of ghosts in the house and the other one they don't have their kind of yeah. own individual personalities i guess in the original so 13 ghosts then would you recommend it 
definitely i think it's it's got matthew lillard in it i mean he's a great addition to like any i'm so um, yeah exactly <laughs> he's he's brilliant and um, it's got shannon elizabeth in it who is in like a whole bunch of horror films i always think she's like one of those <laughs> people that underrated scream queens that said like loads of stuff and yeah it's just gorgeous to look at and it's um yeah it doesn't have a lot of death and gore but the ones that it does i think it does really effectively i think they really kind of stick with you so yes i would i would highly recommend it i think it's it's fun and i think it's a bit scary because they're just constantly getting chased and i'll getting chased is always the thing that gives me the fear so um yeah yeah they're just getting chased in this like kind of trapped maze of glass it's it's still quite scary even though i've seen it a bunch of times now <laughs> oh wow it's it's reminded me of a, an experience i had in london dungeons where they had sort of a it was a room i think it was meant to be sort of you know like a victorian street and mm-hmm. you ran cobbles but then they put lots of mirrors in front of you and you didn't right. know which direction to go and you would think you could go one way and then another mirror would come down mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So okay. So thirteen ghosts. That that is a big recommend. Um. So my first recommend. Well, recommend. will we will discuss. But my my <laughs> first uh pick, shall we say, is the Step of Wives from two thousand and four. Um. So obviously the source material for this is our Eleven's novel from nineteen seventy two. Um. This film. So. The original is like much quieter. It's much more tense than the remake, and I, I, I would imagine some people might find it quite dated in parts, actually. But I almost feel like now it adds to the creep factor of it. Um, it's a little bit over long, I think, and sometimes it feels the original feels a bit like a TV movie, but it's it's a the original is a really solid film which um, I know Jordan Peele cited it as an influence on, on Get Out. But the remake, so we talk about going in different directions. <laughs> I mean, this is like, this is high energy. It's camp, it's comedic. Uh, it's got some actually very clever um, observations about reality TV. I, and I was thinking about like housewives and things like that and just the perils of like what that can do to you and the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um when I looked it up afterwards, I found out that it was directed by Frank Oz, who did the Muppets films. Yeah. So it, it all made sense then. <laughs> I was like, okay, suddenly a thousand fish chicks are slots into place. Yeah. Um, so maybe that accounts for the, I don't know, just the frenetic <laughs> randomness of it. But it's got an amazing cast. I mean, we've got Nicole Kidman, Christopher Walken, Matthew Broderick, Glenn Close, Bette Midler. But it is a very crazed film, um, which I guess lends it to the a crazed kind of feeling of being at Stepford as well, um, you know. But there's no, there's not a lot of heart to it. There's not a lot of depth. It's quite vacuous, which I guess might be the point. Um, but the woman we refer, she's like the head of a network, so I'm like I, mm, I struggle to really <laughs> empathize with mm-hmm. you and. And in the ending, we've got sort of in the original, we've got Joanna, the protagonist, like coming face to face with their robot self. And it's a real horror moment. And to leave it on that is just, it's really strong. But yeah, there's kind of like a pivot on that. And it's actually a woman who's created this world. So for me, I just find that a bit problematic. Have, have you seen Have you seen this remake? 
Yeah, I've I've not seen the original, but I have read the book because Ira Levin's one of my like favorite authors um, yeah. ever. And I I just what I watched the remake as well. Yeah, it's a weird one. It, I <laughs> I could have sworn it was like I just from the feel of it from watching it, it felt very much like a Tim Burton film. Even the music sounds very Danny Elfman. It reminded me a lot of like Edward Scissorhands, like the weird yeah. kind of like candy coated like suburbia kind of thing. I think I guess they get away with that sort of tone to it because the 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 whole kind of thing with the with the women and the end is not as dark as like the novel and the original because they do save everyone in the end and it kind of turns it around as opposed to people getting presumably murdered additionally <laughs> robots and um, so I think it kind of um got away with it but yeah it was very it did feel very like kind of muppety and and strange and I do think it. it yeah, I thought the the having the the women in charge of it, it kind of felt like it was trying to touch a little bit maybe on like kind of like internalized misogyny and like that's kind of what she thought. But I don't, you're right. I don't think it quite landed it perfectly. I think they were probably just trying to do something a bit different because I know yeah. she she mentions that they were going to try and like change the men next. It's mm-hmm. like they started with the women and then they were going to move on the men. So it was just more about kind of creating this like perfect suburbia rather than the sort of very dark thing of the original where these men are moving to that town with the knowledge that that's what happens to their wives whereas I don't think that really happens in the remake that's kind of more of a surprise after you get there like <laughs> as a bonus you can turn your wife into a robot um so yeah I'm de- I, I really do want to see the original um I was trying to see if it was streaming anywhere and it isn't so I'll have to try and get my my hands on it because yeah the book is is really like dark and twisted i do i did enjoy the ending because it's nice to end on a happier note <laughs> but it probably wasn't as like impactful as the as the ending to like the book is where you feel a bit um hollow i think Ed Eleven in general is just great at writing terrible men like horrible horrendous <laughs> men he is brilliant at that so i think giving the men a bit of a like like go free card at the end sort of swerved away from it you kind of wanted to <laughs> <laughs> come yeah. away thinking that men were horrible because <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that's how the source material intended it <laughs> well on the upsides i will watch glenn close to anything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they were to be fair everyone was great and like you said like bet midler and, and nicole kidman and they were all like fantastic and it was like an enjoyable watch but it was just yeah the kind of social message bit. i guess of it is just a bit lost i think yeah a little um, bit Oh, so would I recommend it? Um, if you want something that's really visual, because my goodness, this is you do not know where to put your eyes with this film. Um, something that's I guess I don't want to say shallow, that sounds cruel. <laughs> but um I guess something that's it, like you said, I guess it's a different it's a different approach. Um I guess it I would obviously I would recommend the original over this. Um, it cannot compete with the original for me just because it doesn't that sort of social that horror message that Ira Levin's telegraphing it's like I don't mm-hmm. feel any horror in this film at mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. Um, so yeah so I mean I'd say just go to the original yeah. <laughs> so yeah read, read the book read the book and watch the original I would, I would yeah I would say this one's it is it is fun but it doesn't have the yeah it's not like you don't get that kind of like chilling feeling that I got from the book. It's just, it's more of like a caper. It feels very like Muppety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your second film then, Kim? 
my second film is um, House of Wax from 2005, um, which is actually like a double remake because the original one was Mystery of the Wax Museum and then that was remade into House of Wax with Vincent Price and then that was remade into this. Oh, and then I didn't there's, know that yeah, Vincent yeah, Price yeah. was a remake. I would yeah. pick that if that was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, I mean, um, they're those two are very close. Mystery of the Wax Museum and and the original House of Wax, they're very close in the the plot and sort of everything that that kind of happens. They're very close together. Whereas this one sort of um takes place because uh, the original ones kind of take place. I can't remember if it's London or New York. It's it's in a city anyway, and it's all very like kind of out in the open. Whereas this one, they took it into like a a sort of little deserted town um that's uh used to be very popular but they moved the highway as they so often do in american horror films and oh, like this. psycho exactly yeah. <laughs> and left them um, sort of fending for themselves and this group of teenagers are driving to a football game and the car breaks down and they end up um coming across this town that used to be home to this famous wax museum um but it turns out that <clears throat> the only people alive in the town are these two brothers and everyone else in it is made of wax um which uh yeah is just take again taking the plot of like the kind of original and sort of um times in it by a hundred <laughs> there's only a couple of people there's actually um there's a film from the 70s or 80s i think called tourist trap as well which uh, a lot of people including myself think that house of wax is actually a closer remake of tourist trap than it is of the original like house of wax oh. it has a lot of similar plot points it's like a, a a sort of out of the way touristy place and there's like two brothers involved and obviously turning people into mannequins or or wax things it's all very like there's a lot more similarities i think between that even though it's, <laughs> it's probably not um but it, it should have been because i think that would have drawn attention to more people's attention to tourist trap because that's a, <laughs> a fantastic um a fantastic film but um yeah i just think this one is brutal there is a lot of really cool deaths in it i think it probably started my love of horrendous ankle injuries because one guy gets <laughs> his uh, achilles tendon snipped with a pair of scissors oh i can't i can't bear oh, that it's it's so horrible I, i'm like this every time like a hand over my eyes like every time i'm watching it because it never gets less disgusting but it's just <laughs> it's a really i think house of Wags is about two hours long and i never think it feels it it's so oh, wow yeah, I think for a for a teen slasher, it was brave, like going for two hours long. But I think there's so much story and like backstory, and it gives you the chance to like explore the town and see all these people that you think are alive, and it turns out they aren't. I think they need room for that to like breathe. I think if they rushed that, it wouldn't be as like startling a reveal as it is, and they need to kind of set up um, Carly and her boyfriend kind of getting split away from the group, and then the group coming back. It, so it never feels two hours to me. I'm a very much like look up a film on Netflix. And I'm like, oh, it's an hour and a half. I'm gonna fall asleep because <laughs> I'm old and everything. But um, it never feels it. It's it's fantastic. Um, um, yeah, I was. It, I'm a huge fan of this one. <laughs> I feel like I could talk about House of Wax um like forever. It just I think it um again took a really interesting story and sort of changed its location made it a bit more like texas chainsaw massacre i guess kind of setting it in the backwoods and sort of like out of the way um rather than it being like in the middle of a, a city and kind of made it quite believable i guess that they could be getting uh -huh. away with this um in the middle of nowhere and and setting up this entire wax town and i remember at the time um on mtv 
where it kind of probably shows how old it is as well. They did like a like a making off thing, and the whole wax museum at the end, like it it burns down in like the finale. Like they actually like did that with this huge like model, and I think half of it went on fire, and they had to like shut um like filming down for a while so they could like resort it. So again, a lot of that end scene where they're like running through the wax and there's it's melting everywhere, like all of that's like actually real and was happening. And I think that's again, it's it's just a a beautiful film to look at there's so much um going on they put so much detail in it like the wax museum and the town and everything it's just amazing I love it <laughs> you're selling it to me and when I seen this one on your list I was like hmm because I'm a huge Vincent Price fan and I, mm-hmm. I do love House of Wax and I was like hmm Kim's gonna have a tough job here uh, <laughs> but yeah so like that that film the Vincent Price one is mm-hmm. quite big and bombastic but you're saying that this is also quite a a far out there film is it or is this more grounded would you say I think um I just I think the fact that the it's like the whole town is just like taken over and everything and it just like how long it takes to set that up and then all the this kind of scenes after that where they're like running around and like hiding in, in different places and they're like like um she like goes into the church and like hides under the like kind of dress to the vicar and like and uh it's just I think they put a lot of effort into making like these huge kind of set pieces. Um everyone's death is like a huge thing. Um like Paris Hilton is in it and I won't hear a bad word against her in it because she's fantastic and <laughs> anyone who says otherwise is just I hate her. Like her her like death scene in Chase is is beautiful. They put like yeah just so much effort into making every single bit of it look good and feel worthwhile as well which is again why I think it doesn't feel like two hours at all but yeah that finale when the when the the uh wax museum starts to burn down there's a bit where she's like running up the stairs and it's like um it's like Nancy in a Nightmare on Elm Street because her feet are like sinking in the wax steps oh, and she's gosh. like trying to pull them out <laughs> and like run away from the guy who's trying to kill her at the same time like it's just that whole like ends like 15 20 minute chunk is just like so much adrenaline they're just like constantly getting chased and it looks um amazing and there's so much detail in like all the wax things and the backstory of the killers is really interesting and there's there's twins and there's like two sets of twins and it deals with like the concept of like evil twins and like nature versus nurture and, and all that kind of stuff it's really interesting i think there's a lot of like stuff to kind of dive into it's not very really like kind of shallow slasher stuff I I do really like the Vincent Price one I watched them all like in a row to kind of compare them one time for an article um, and they're all um really great but I think this one appeals to my like <laughs> gray, grimy 2000s horror soul um, and it also has a My Chemical Romance song over the end credits which just tells you that oh, it, was, well. it came out in 2005 like <laughs> And is this like when you speak of like grimy two thousands? Like, has it got that sort of like gritty look, like the like the like the Texas Chainsaw remake? Yeah, it feels yeah. It, it feels quite similar because again, the main uh, character she runs around in like a white uh, vest, much like Erin does in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and she like uh, and for a final girl, she gets like she goes through it, loads of stuff she comes out at the end like absolutely just like covered in like blood and wax and dirt and stuff and it's just um yeah so it feels it feels very kind of similar to that and there's a lot of um like dead animal kind of stuff as well there's this like pit uh of there's a guy who comes and gives him a lift but he 
collects like roadkill and throws it in this big pit so there's a bit where one of them like falls into the pit so there's all these like antlers and everything so it's it's kind of it feels very um kind of similar to um, kind of vein of the of the texas chainsaw kind of remake um yeah you definitely feel like you can like smell the film at some point <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a fairground of a film this one yeah. it, does, it really does um, it's so much fun I guess I don't need to really ask, would you recommend this? This sounds like a very strong recommend. Yes. Yeah, I definitely I definitely would. I think I think all the House of Wax related films are great. To this trap is also amazing, but this is just um yeah, it's it's so much fun and everyone's great in it. Yeah, even I think I think Paris Hilton gets a lot of um hassle from people who just assume that she's a bad actress, but I think she's really good in this. Her character has a really good like storyline and um yeah, her death scene is spectacular as well. So I would, yeah, I would highly recommend it. There's nothing I don't like about this film. It's 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 brilliant. I'm sensing a theme here of of you. One of the things that you enjoy is like death scenes. <laughs> I always think like a good memorable like death scene, like just I mean, yeah, ones that they've kind of you can tell they've put a lot of effort and it's like the like the final destination films like just ones that you remember like after when you come out of it so um yeah i think they they do a very good <laughs> a very good job in this one with uh lots of different horrible <laughs> methods that people then end up as wax wax models <laughs> there we go it's got kim's death sequence seal of approval <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that um so my next recommend um, and this one is much more of a strong recommend is The Hills of Eyes from 2006 um, so directed by Alexandra Aja who made High Tension and um, he's got an incredible eye for horror um, also Gregory, Gregory Lavasseur who is the artistic director and writer so I'm a massive Wes Craven fan I'm also a massive like 70s horror fan as well I love that 70s aesthetic and just that kind of nihilistic mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of like we'll just rip the bottom out of the ending and <laughs> make you miserable um and all the sort of social commentary that goes on in that decade as well but this one really holds up next to the original i was surprised um actually as well at least for the first segment how close it stays to the original in the early parts of the film mm-hmm. um yeah, I think hiring like a European director was a really interesting move because there's someone there, isn't there, that's then, I guess, a bit distanced from American American culture. So they can mm-hmm. give that like outside perspective, which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, this this I I guess what hangs in this one's favor is I think the performances are probably much stronger for the most part. They feel more grounded. Um, some of the performances in the original are a little bit hokey. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and it really goes for it with the horror as well. I mean, it really goes for it. It's My heart was pounding a few times. Um, and then it's got that added layer of social commentary with the addition of the Atomic Testing Village, which, wow, that, that's such a great scene, like, just to go through that sort of abandoned village and we've got all those you know um cutouts of people and Mm -hmm. oh it's it's chilling it really leans into like the gore and the violence um i've heard a lot of people put this in that like torture porn category because it comes i guess in that same period as like hostile and saw um but yeah i do think it it speaks to that like nihilism 
that we've seen in the 70s. So I think it is actually, I mean, this whole era of the early 2000s is very, it's just a devastating time for horror, isn't it? Like, in terms of, you know, there's not much of that uplifting feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I guess as well, it's interesting to think about like the budget comparison. What I really admire about the original is what they did with so little. Um, yeah. So I guess seeing this blown up with a big budget is is great. And it's great that they've kept a lot of that, what made the original work so well and then built on that world. I guess a, a reservation that I do have or a critique is with regards to the the people that live within the hills and the representation of them people it's very problematic um in terms of like disability representation mm-hmm. i found a really interesting um v- video by a creator called pim's crypt called horror as a problem with ugliness that is on youtube that i definitely recommend recommend checking out but um what are your thoughts on this film because when i mentioned this you're like oh i'm so glad that's on your list and I'd imagine you to be a big Craven fan as well. So I'm interested to hear what you think of this remake. Yeah, I'm so glad you picked this because this was like my, if I'd had a fourth choice, it would have been. It oh, it's a shortlist. Yeah, <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I love this one so much. I think this is, um, it's kind of just what you said. I think this is a, a great example of how you remake a good film and make a, like, equally as amazing film because they did just take the sort of core story. They didn't change a lot of it, but they just were like, hey, we have, more money and more to, we can do more with this and just do it like slightly differently and I think that's a great reason to be able to um remake things I was reading uh can't remember what book it is shock value I think it's called um where they sort of deal with a bunch of um those kind of early horror directors and the whole chunk about like Wes Craven it's like early films was just always like I don't have a lot of money I'm just doing what I can with what I've got so that's where the best some of the best stuff comes out though isn't it exactly so I think I think he would be quite happy for people to be like sort of taking that idea and 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 going at it with with more money and seeing what they can come out from it no I think this film is it's so scary and I think it's just that whole idea of um you know getting attacked really for no reason other than you were just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time but I think it's the whole fact that it's like a whole family so I mean usually in horror films it's like groups of teens and their pals and that is like bad enough but the thought that like people survive in this film but they watch the rest of their family get horribly murdered is just so like grotesque like it's so terrifying that's just an extra layer of horrible and the fact that it's kind of the same with the the people who live in the hills because they're a family as well so even though they're the bad guys um every time one of them gets killed it's the exact same thing so they're just they're both sort of fighting for the same thing basically it's just we're kind of clear who we're on the side for i actually wrote in my notes as well whole mutant village scene and then i just put a tick because i love that entire section like the bit where the guy's locked in the freezer and when he fights the guy with and sticks the flat oh all of it is just it's so more more, more deaths good. again that you're enjoying yeah i know <laughs> i don't just I, need a death reel you just need the death reel and you, you'd be happy i know i always say i'm not like a, a lover of like gore and stuff but i think it's like gore i'm learning looks, like, things about i know you, i think it's a gore when it looks too realistic and things like that like hostile and stuff gives me I don't like that but I think like spectacular like over the top death scenes are very much um, my thing I do um, yeah I do totally get the the, like representation problem of the people in the hills I do I did love the I think it was interesting the fact that they 
brought in the like the nuclear tester angle mm. as a way to like make them look different from the family because in the original they really do just look sort of like everyone else but they're just like dirtier <laughs> or like wearing less clothes <laughs> or whatever so I do think it was a an interesting way to sort of like separate the two families but I do I do totally get that the the representation problems could be um weird because obviously it was it was just people in prosthetics it wasn't actually like disabled um actors or anything but um yeah it's just I think as well like so much of this film is set in the daylight and it's terrifying like I love a I love a scary daylight film where you don't feel like it's so so daylight as well because it's like the desert and it's so sunny and everyone's like sweaty and warm yeah Yeah, yeah, and it's just um it's just kind of adds to that there's only like that one kind of scene where they first break into the camper van is like at night but all the like uh stuff where they go to the village and everything um and the the other people are coming down from the hills to like attack the camper van and stuff like all that's in the in the daylight and it's really um it's really scary no i i i really like this one i do like the way the west craven one i just think this was like uh yeah it's just like they kind of added extra stuff onto it it doesn't mean that the the original's um not as good it's just sort of a a slightly more like designer version of it i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm always interested as well in films where it, films that are set in like open landscapes and how how a director can create moments of horror like mm-hmm. and i find those are the films that i really enjoy like i mean enjoy this is gonna make me sound a bit demented now but um <laughs> like texas chainsaw like wolf creek like the hitcher uh, this idea of the landscape being like a place that can both reveal things and conceal things to me is just so interesting i love Mm. that so hills of eyes is great for that so yes this is a strong recommend from me but um yes lots of violence lots of (laughs) intense moments and buffalo bill so <laughs> which I was like, ah, it's Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Um so Kim, what is your final recommendation? Are you gonna bring the tone lighter or are we gonna go darker? <laughs> what are we gonna do here? I think it's maybe maybe about the same actually. My last recommendation is 2013's uh, Evil Dead, which is a, a oh, remake. very apt for the mo- yeah, for the moment, yes. It's a, a remake slash reboot slash Oh goodness me! It's it's I can't keep something. It exists within the the Evil Dead universe, and it might be the same one that Bruce Campbell existed in because (laughs) the the car is there and everything. But who knows? It exists in the same sort of world, and it's it's sort of the same setup. It's a group of um, say teenagers. They're not always teenagers. They're just sometimes twenty year olds younger than me. People (laughs) head into this cabin in the woods, but they go because their friend Mia is um trying to wean herself off drugs and so they go to their family cabin to for her to go cold turkey um off the drugs and then while they are there um she goes out into the woods and gets attacked and um is sort of aware of the presence in the woods because um Eric, I think it's called, he finds the book in the, the basement, which isn't called the ne- Necronomicon in this one, but I can't remember what it's called. It's something similar. He finds it and he reads it and it wakens up. And I think it's it's really interesting because um, things get as bad as they do because Mia is 
um, trying to go cold turkey with the drugs. And so they assume that everything that she is sort of feeling to start with is as a result of that. And so they don't believe her for ages. Um, they think that she's like hallucinating or making things up so that they will take home. Um, and then things, <laughs> things really bad and the, the dead <laughs> kind of start taking over. But I think it was just, again, it's a very similar story to the first one. It's like people go into the woods and... Um, things start coming out and killing them but I think sort of adding that extra layer of her character sort of gives more of a logic as to mm-hmm. why they would stay when stuff starts to go wrong and then by the time they realize um actually no it's not that it's too late because um the kind of the force that is in the woods has kind of taken over at that point and they're stuck so I think it just gives a bit more logic to all those people who are like oh why would you even go why would you stay and why would you have left it sort of like knocks a lot of that out because yeah um, they are trying to to help her, um, and that it all kind of <laughs> all kind of goes wrong, and it's just again. It, I love how you're not describing any of the the absolute the bloodbathness of this. You're just like <laughs> it all goes wrong. <laughs> I'm just like it's just a story about a drug. No, you know what the effects in this are amazing, and I'm sure yeah. they're like almost entirely practical. Yeah. Um. Um. They are absolutely disgusting like they I, I can't, <laughs> the stuff that they achieved with just like practical effects is just um amazing there's there's so many again very like memorable not always deaths memorable people just like maiming themselves and getting hurt <laughs> and things um I think they did a really good job of getting that sort of gritty grossness from the first one um again obviously Sam Raimi didn't have a lot of a budget for that one they kind of did what they could um and i think the fact that they stuck to practical effects in this one and tried to make them as gross as like the pencil and the ankle and everything from the first one they did a really good job it feels very like true to that one again it just feels like this is this story but we had more to work with so it's kind of similar to the the hills of eyes in that way i think they they managed to create a very good like kind of companion piece to the original one without kind of like overshadowing it i think they're very similar in their levels of amazingness <laughs> yeah I recently rewatched it with the new Evil Dead coming out I thought oh I'll mm-hmm. go back and, and watch it and my god did I wince like several times <laughs> but yeah like you I, I I appreciate that sort of that reason for being there and I guess the most horrifying thing for me was that initial uh, those that beginning part where she's not believed mm-hmm. for me like in horror one of the things that's really scary is the idea of of people not believing me like that just plays into like paranoia and anxiety so bad mm-hmm. um and so to have that there is a really believable like justification for that was really clever and mm-hmm. I liked as well that it didn't it didn't like it wasn't overdone it didn't you know ham- it did it felt nicely integrated it wasn't just all about the addiction it was just mm-hmm. It was there, but it wasn't like they didn't overdo it. No. It's like, that's the framework, but, you know, if this is still an Evil Dead film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think they just, they just, um, it kind of centered the story on Mia, like right from the start. And even though she turns into a dead age, she gets saved from being a dead age, which I don't know how often that really happens, <laughs> which I think is interesting for her to then become like the final girl and beat like a literal, it's maybe, right on the nose saying this but like a literal demon version of herself in order Uh to survive like she 
completely comes out the other side of that like hopefully having beat her addiction but also having like gone through again literal hell and out the other side and like it kind of allows her to see like how hard she is willing to fight to stay alive whereas I don't think she really believed in herself very much at the beginning because her friends say that she's tried to do this before and it hasn't worked and this was kind of like the last thing that she was like willing to try but she like rips off her own hand and like chainsaws a version of itself like in the face (laughs) like she is willing to fight so hard to stay alive so I think um it's a really good like metaphor one where uh they sort of deal with all this other stuff as well as having these like kick-ass death scenes and her fighting but shows um yeah she's a very worthy like final girl I think it's interesting because um Cheryl in the original Evil Dead is very similar to Mia but then obviously Cheryl's the first to turn and she just dies so I think it was interesting to see how that character like could have progressed a bit more if she'd been given the chance and I think that's kind of what they did because um it's her brothers there with her like Ash is so they just kind of like turned it a little bit but it's just again it's 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 gory and it's scary but it has this really like interesting message running through it and so when when Mia like succeeds in the end you're like yes like you just really (laughs) wanted her to win because she's been through so much she deserved it so much um and it's it's like the Evil Dead films don't often end on a happy note there's usually some, there's usually <laughs> something, um, like sneaking about in the background or running through the trees or something. So it was, it was nice for her just to like win and hopefully, like, get on with her life as much as she could. Uh, after all her friends <laughs> died. Yeah, I like what they did with the other female character as well. I can't remember her name, but I remember thinking for the first hour, oh gosh, this is this woman's so. I mean, who is she? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know her. And she was so sort of like meek and I don't know, just a bit wishy washy. And then, wow, did she switch things up and turn badass? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated that. I thought that was great. Yeah. So, Evil Dead, then, I, I mean, I think it's a strong recommend from both of us. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, uh, even though I like, I made a TikTok with my. Evil Dead ranking, and I put this one at the top, and people oh. on TikTok did not like that. <laughs> Everyone oh, was just, okay. "Oh, you're you're wrong." This was, you know, what? There's not a bad Evil Dead film. There's none of them that I dislike. But um, I I think I probably saw the original three like a lot later in life, so I don't have that like uh the sense of mentality, yeah, that I do for a lot of other films. So I completely get it. But the first one's amazing. I just think I'm not as big a fan of um Two and Army of Darkness because I'm not as big a fan of the like comedy angle compared to the scary angle but they're all good and Bruce Campbell is like one of my favorite like horror people ever so I don't <laughs> have a bad word to say against any of them but I just think this this one and the the original one are are so close and just their their brilliantness um that they would be my yeah my top ones <laughs> <laughs> great um and so my final recommend is Suspiria from 2018 so this is set in 1977, which is when the original was made. Um, it's about a woman, Susie, who travels from Ohio to 70s Berlin, which I love, by the way. 70s Berlin is my jam. Um, it's so like historically, <laughs> culturally interesting. Um, you know, it's an important time for politics. It's an important time for feminism. You know, we've got the wall outside and the idea of divisions and makes me think of possession and the the wall there. And these are two films about possession and divisions and 
feeling like an outsider. Um, I love the sort of subplot as well with the um Klemper character and how like the impact of war has devastated people. I also love, you know, the female energy in this film. It's so strong. It's like there's I think I read there's like 38 women in this film and three men. So there's a lot of <laughs> I mean, we've got women women playing men for Christ's sake. So it's like there's so much female energy and it really comes through when I really feel like I know there's a few sort of standout performances, but it does feel like a great ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Argento film. Uh, I just don't even think there's a value in comparing them because, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's not a great amount of plot to the original. It's just more of a mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all about the colours and the visuals and the beauty and the hypnosis and the, the deaths and the beauty of the deaths. Um, but I was struck when I rewatched this Superior 2018 again about how much this for a lot of the time is more of a drama than a horror it's you know it really builds and then obviously by the time we get to that last act it's just batshit crazy it's just away we go um I also like how it focuses more on like the actual dance element than the original mm-hmm. um and the energy that that brings as well and how they use dance to like cast their spells like I think that's like a great addition um I guess you know Susie in the original she I think I feel slightly closer to her she feels like more of an audience surrogate it's like I feel like I'm a detective with her like at the same time and we go on that journey here she's a bit more ambiguous I think um but I also like how we get much more of the witches in their life and then mm-hmm. there's the times of them just around the table together. I just love. Um, and I guess it sort of grounds them as well because we just see them like doing daily things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a beautiful chemistry, isn't there, between Dakota and Tilda? Um, I just love them together. And we've got just such great standout scenes like that dance scene where the spells cast and the restaurant scene. There's just so many. Um, and then we get a nice cameo by Jessica Harper from the original as well. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I just could not mention the score. I mean, both these films have got beautiful. Well, the first. Well, the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might be beautiful to some people. I guess it's certainly memorable. Um, yep. I've got both of them on vinyl. Um, I say, you know, I have to turn the volume down a little on one of them more than the other. Um, but Tom York's score is absolutely gorgeous. It's it just it possesses you. And I, I I heard him talking about how he come up with these compositions, and he said that he was thinking about these pieces as creating spells. So he in his studio he would he would make believe that he's these pieces are spells and I just love that. Um what have you seen this film and the original and like what do you think of these two? Yeah, I've seen I've seen both of them. Um I just watched the remake because I bought it on DVD like ages ago and I I felt like I'd been saving it to watch it. I don't know why. I was like just, <laughs> so I hadn't I'd had it for ages and I hadn't watched it. I feel like um you're right, there's probably not a lot of like it's not very easy to compare them. It feels like the same story, but from like a different point of view. Because and the the original, 
you don't really know it's witches until the very end whereas in this one they're like hey it's witches and then you go <laughs> with that the whole way through they're just like right at the start and I think the original one has a lot of um like a couple of quite gruesome like kind of merger scenes in it that makes it feel more like a, a kind of slasher to start uh-huh. with yeah but they don't go with that in this one but I think it works you don't feel that that's like missing because you know it's witches and you've got this kind of magic angle and then stuff does kind of start to happen so it just it sort of feels like a very different kind of story and I do think like yeah the the kind of score in the original one has this kind of creeping sense of dread like the whole way through when I kind of the the scene where the guy gets killed in the original with his dog um I felt like physically sick at that scene because the music starts like so quiet and it builds and builds and builds and you're like oh god like what's gonna happen like it's so <laughs> it's so tense I don't think they could have done that with this one because it's like two and a half hours long I think if they'd done that for that long you might have like passed out um, <laughs> but I, I no I thought it was I thought it was fantastic I love the way that they kind of swapped it with the kind of main character and and giving her a different sort of purpose and um because I write about like mothers and horror quite a lot I love the you sort do of par- a little bit, yeah, just a little just, bit. <laughs> I love the sort of parallel between her mum like at home dying and like the the like mother witch like yeah. and the, like that heavy that heavy kind of raspy breathing that was like both of them really it was it meant like different things at different times I love that that was great and it was just um I'm obsessed with Dakota Johnson and Mia Goth so oh loved, well this is a gift for you everything yeah, about <laughs> yeah no, they were they were both so great and I loved like Susie's like red hair and all the dance scenes were just yeah spectacular it was just a um yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel as horrory the whole way through until you kind of get to the the ending um but even then I think the ending feels a lot more like satisfactory than the the original it feels like it kind of um ties it up better and sort of yeah finishes yeah. it all off and everything kind of makes sense it's not just like a oh everyone's dead and the dance place is burning down kind of deal and so <laughs> I feel like I feel like from a from a mother's horror point of view and from a witch's and horror point of view, like I feel like I could just watch this film like a hundred times and get like so many different things from it. It was really um very interesting. Um and yeah, very different from the from the original. Um but yeah, it did it just kind of felt like the same story, just from a slightly different angle. Like, yeah, if we weren't following along with Susie as much if we were sort of spending more time with the witches, I guess, and we're not we're not kind of seeing stuff. Because she doesn't spend a lot of time actually like investigating. It's more kind of like um, Theta and everything that kind of and and Olga and things that happen to them. It's it's more sort of around that and the the kind of I guess the like witchy politics in the coven. We spend a lot more time with that kind of stuff than we do with actually um like her trying to investigate what's what's happening. It's more just her sort of trying to succeed in her life, I guess, and get to where she she wants to be. And we kind of follow her on that that journey instead but and, I mean it was it was beautiful and I'm uh, sad I waited so long to watch it <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that we got your fresh takes yeah I, I can totally see you rocking a Susie Banyan 2018 look for Halloween <laughs> by the way so <laughs> I just just need to get my hair a bit more orange instead of red and I'll be sorted <laughs> so yeah this is a high recommend for me um I think of the three remakes that I've bought this is the the one I would most strongly recommend um what about you of your three Kim if you had to pick one I think um I think 
the the best film is probably Evil Dead. It's probably the best made, and but I think I, I would probably pick House of Wax because I feel like <laughs> it probably gets a a bit of an unfair treatment. People per- perceive it as maybe being a bit rubbish because, like I said, it's a it's a, a three possibly fourth level remake. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I would pick that one because it's just I think it's it's surprising how good it is and how much stuff it has uh, in there. There we go. It's, we're on a redemption campaign for House of Wax. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Are there any other like honourable mentions of remakes that you like? I mean, for me, I had to mention My Bloody Valentine, huge mm-hmm. fan of that one, yeah. um, Black Christmas 2019, which I actually put off watching for so long because of the discourse. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to feel angry and watch a f- this film. And I absolutely loved it. And then I was like, why did I let other people's <laughs> nonsense like infect my mm-hmm. infect my brain? Um it's chapter one and two. I I pretty much enjoyed uh Ring mm-hmm. and um the remake of Last House on the Left as well. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. What what about you? Um yeah, I had it down as well. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, and like um I think the book of it is so huge and there's so many scary bits in it that I was hoping that the remake was gonna hit bits that like the mini series missed and it did it didn't get everything because i don't know how long that film would have to be <laughs> it did. but um yeah i love that again i totally like a different angle on pennywise um i've got uh the fly as well um i actually hadn't seen the original until a couple of weeks ago and watched it and loved it it's amazing oh it's great um, yeah it's so good it's just like uh again a totally different angle on it obviously less less body horror day because it's not Cronenberg but just so good like the 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 fly head reveal and stuff was just amazing um I love that and also um the remake of the blob I've not seen the original but me and my dad watched the blob when I was like oh. eight or something on the tv one night my mum was out and the scene uh where someone's in the phone box and the blob like comes into the phone box and like dissolves them like I was traumatized for <laughs> so <laughs> it's so scary and I think uh just the like um inability to do anything against this big blob that just goes over you and like melts you like what can you do to fight that um so that one and then um I'm gonna say as well one missed call and I've not seen the original but I don't see anyone else saying anything nice about the one missed call remake and I really I really uh enjoyed it and also um oh what's the shutter as well I think I just like (laughs) I like American remakes of like um foreign language films that get a, a hard time but um yeah i think they're both uh, really good um and i will need to i've got to I'll need to watch the original of one miss call that was again that came out in the cinema and i went to see it i really enjoyed it and then try to get my hands on the original to watch it but yes i do like that one i never <laughs> hear anyone say anything nice about that so i'm gonna pick that one to give it some love Oh, some love there. I like that. So any <laughs> any remakes that you are not so keen on or are there any films that haven't been remade that you'd like to see get the remake treatment? Um, not so keen on. Uh, I'm gonna pick Pet Cemetery. Um, just because. Yeah, I we've had a few conversations about that, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> I just think swapping swapping the kids that which kid died and which kid survives just kind of knocks out a lot of the like emotional weight Impact, of it. Really, yeah. yeah, it didn't. It. I mean, but it was. It, it, it was interesting to see a, a sort of different take on it. Um, and Rob Zombie's Halloween um, was is a is a weird one of a kind of mixture of shot for shot scenes in some places, and then just like 
so typically <laughs> like maybe Rob Zombie horrible stuff in other places just the whole like adding a backstory to him that was just like oh he had a, a horrible family and and things um it wasn't great so I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan um of that one uh stuff that I'd like to see get remade um I'd put down like the people under the stairs I love that film but I do think oh. it'd be interesting to see yeah one what like a sort of um like an up-to-date take on like the kind of politics about like race and poverty and things would be on that but also just to see I guess what a bigger budget again and more effects would would mean for like the effects of the people who live under the stairs and things (laughs) um and I also put down Christine as well I love Christine but I think oh yeah um, I love Christine yeah I just think it, it would be interesting to see yeah what that would be like modern take and I also think um there's just a few scenes in the book there's one scene in the book where she like crashes in a whole house and goes upstairs to like kill a guy and things like I feel like she's a lot the car is a lot more like murderous and evil and, and things and the, the, the stuff that happens to, like R.A. and things um that they didn't get the chance to explore in the film I think it would be nice to see a sort of different take on that that maybe took a little bit more from the book just to see um Great. And I also put a little call out on Twitter asking people for their favourite remakes and any films they'd like to see remade. And we got a few shout outs for The Fly, um, also Suspiria and Maniac, as well as a lot of love for Dawn of the Dead, that remake. Do you familiar, mm-hmm. Are you a fan of zombie films? Are my least favourite subgenre really? of horror. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, I I mean, they should be mine as well because the the one thing I hate watching in films is people getting eaten. Like I cannot stomach it. It gives me the absolute book. It's so no horrible. The thought, <laughs> oh yeah, I know the thought. The thought of getting eaten alive by zombies is like my absolute worst fear. But I do. Um, yeah, I mean the original Dawn of the Dead's amazing, but I do enjoy the remake. It's just um, it's just like Zack Snyder madness, and it has a a a great like. I can't remember what the guy's name Richard Cheese cover of a disturbed song over the credits which is hilarious and it's just got a lot of like um it just feels a lot like faster paced and things I guess than the Romero one but maybe doesn't hit the kind of social commentary angle quite as much as (laughs) the original (laughs) does yeah and we also got a shout out for Stuart Gordon's Pit and the Pendulum which I need to see mm-hmm. um and then in terms of films people want to see remade we had a a plea for a remake or redo of Carnival of Souls, the remake. Um, I love the original. I haven't seen the remake, so I mean, yeah, let's let's give it another, give it another go. Um, and then more eighties films such as House, um, and Return of the Living Dead. Um, oh yeah, that would be cool. That would actually. be interesting. Yeah, yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. If any anyone ever says eighties, I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So. Thanks so much, Kim, for being here. Um, before we wrap up, have you got anything that you you've got coming up that you'd like to plug? And um, please let everyone know where we can find you on socials. Um, yeah. So uh, I I write for Ghouls. I write many lists and things usually, but I do have a regular column called um, Mother of Fears, which is named after Mother of Tears from one of the Suspiria witches. So connections there. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just write about motherhood um, in different horror films and the sort of representations that, that mothers get, uh, whether they're the villain or the supposed to be the, the good guy. Um, and then, yeah, I have my own blog, um, Little Red Horror, where I sort of write a 
the, just the whole mess of stuff. <laughs> <All> <laughs> stuff I was just like, I don't need to pitch this. I could just write this. So, um, <laughs> I actually have a column on there called Sometimes They Come Back, which compares um, remakes with their original films um, to see which one um, comes out on top. So that's fun. That's probably why I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've watched <laughs> so many remakes of the originals because I like um, doing it for that. And yeah, if you want to follow me on socials, um, you can get me on Twitter and Instagram um, at Wicked Sister 69 And I'm on TikTok as well, occasionally making hotter things. And that's at Little Red Hotter. Great. And yes, Kim's lists, her blog and their Mother of Fears column are all excellent. So that's the biggest recommend of this podcast. So make sure you check those out. Um, I've recently written an editorial on American Werewolf in London and how it has a lot of links to poetry, literature, folklore, etc. for ghouls. Um, so you can check that out. Um, I also hosted the panel on uh, working class representation in horror with an amazing lineup of guests. You can get that um, for free playback on youtube and i've launched a this is a bit cheeky because it's not exclusively horror but i am going to say that i can get away with it there's crossovers i've launched a, a, a new podcast called talking hitchcock which is about the world and the work of the director you can listen to that on apple and spotify and find and follow the pods on twitter at hitch underscore pod and instagram at talking hitch you can get me and my work on twitter and instagram at pendel pumpkin so thanks everyone for listening thank you for all your support don't forget to check out ghoulsmagazine.com for plenty of reviews editorials our main podcasts and of course all kim's amazing content you can also get access to exclusive content each month by signing up to become a ghouls gang member come and be a part of the gang i mean you won't regret it uh, you can do that via our website. There's loads of backlog podcast content there, including Zoe terrorizing me again with extreme films such as Necromantic, while I recently introduced her to the hauntingly beautiful Picnic and Hanging Rock. It's all about balance at girls, so there's something for everybody. We've got lots of lists, editorials, and more from our wonderful team, so join the gang to support us and help us to keep making this incredible content. We appreciate all the support from our wonderful members and everyone who enjoys our content and helps us to spread the word. It keeps us alive. So thank you. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Enjoy your remake recommends. And until next time, keep it ghoulish. <laughs>